I have a piece out in Newsweek uh, this morning that I will, of course, link in the description. But I want to talk about the case and walk through what I think were some of the obvious points that I made and some of the ridiculous responses I got to the obvious, perhaps the most obvious point that I was making. Uh, The article is called Shutting Down Faith-Based Foster Care Agencies Harms Children. The case at hand is called Fulton versus City of Philadelphia. The City of Philadelphia requires that the agencies involved in foster care provision through the city uh, do what's called a home study to determine the suitability of a couple to foster a child before that couple is allowed into the foster care system. The problem is that the city of Philadelphia regards a, uh, a couple as including a same-sex couple, and Catholic Social Services, which of course has been involved in the foster care business for hundreds of years before the state got involved in any way, uh, the Catholic Church does not believe that two people of the same gender constitute a couple for fostering a child. A child needs to grow up in a home with, ideally, a father and a mother. Certainly not, you know, Heather has two mothers or anything like that. So the city decided to literally make a federal case out of even doing uh, a home study, demanding that if Catholic Social Services wanted to remain in the business of providing foster care, it would have to be willing to certify on its own a same-sex couple as a potentially suitable couple to raise a child together. Now, the Catholic Social Services, for its part, took the completely reasonable approach that, well, in that case, we would refer them to a different agency, one that uh, approved of working with same-sex couples. In other words, they didn't take a draconian approach. They're the ones who said, we want to be reasonable here. We'll be cooperative. We understand the city has different beliefs than we do. So we'll send them to a different agency so that that family uh, could indeed foster a child, even if our church doesn't approve of it. Well, the city said nothing doing. The city refused any hint of compromise and demanded that if Catholic Social Services wanted to remain in the business of foster care, it had to expressly abandon Catholic beliefs. And that's what's in front of the court. It's an absolutely insane case. There is obviously, given the current composition of the court, a decent likelihood of a decision in Catholic Social Services' favor, but it is still an embarrassment to this great country and to the history of religious freedom in this country that a foster care agency would be told, abandon your religious beliefs or stop providing foster care. I mean, it's just, you know, this is this is the insanity of political correctness, of course, uh, run amok. So the point that I make in the piece is that, first of all, uh, This is grievously harmful to all religions, including minority religions. The thing that actually inspired this piece is that someone from the Mormons, the Latter-day Saints, wrote a piece claiming ridiculously that if if the Catholic Social Services were able to limit 
according to what it wants to do, well, then Miracle Hill Ministries in uh, South Carolina, which only works with Christians, would be able to do what it wants to do. And you see, that would be bigoted against minority religions. Uh, That's absolutely contrary to the reality. Uh, The idea that there are other providers out in the public sphere who are doing things based on beliefs incompatible with our own is the very thing that ensures that we have the right to do what we believe to be necessary and correct. Miracle Hill, they, they have a doctrinal statement because they have, it's an evangelical ministry. They're supposed to be spreading Christian beliefs to the, uh, the, to the foster children and therefore, and, and in all the, all the work that they do. I mean, it's no pressure or anything like that, but it's obvious that they're working with specifically Christian families to spread Christianity along with all the work that they do, caring for the harmless, caring for children, etc., etc. Well, guess what? In the Jewish world, uh, and I suppose the Jewish listeners already know this, but we know that there's this very basic idea in Judaism that you're supposed to teach Judaism to your children. And you do that in a Jewish home. So the idea that a Jewish child should be uniquely placed in a Jewish home is a Jewish religious belief. Imagine telling a Jewish foster care agency you're not allowed to operate that way. If a Christian family comes and says, we'd like to foster a Jewish child, you have to give a Jewish child to that Christian foster care family even though that child will be deprived of kosher food, Jewish observances, exposed to Christian observances, you you name it. So this position taken by uh, someone from the Mormon church was completely against what's actually in the best interests of minority religions. And that was the first point I was making. But then I said, look, there's a second and very obvious point, which is that because Philadelphia refuses to work with CSS. There are parents, there are foster care families that specifically signed up to work with CSS. There are people who would sign up to work because of CSS. Miracle Hill makes a very big deal about how it goes into churches in South Carolina because it's a religious agency and gets other evangelical families to come out and provide foster care. Well, guess what? There's a huge national shortage of foster care families compared to children in need. So the idea that you can simply reduce the supply of agencies and everything will continue apace is obviously completely ridiculous. The city and the LGBTQ activists are placing a higher priority on the ideological purity of whom they will permit to provide foster care than worry about the number of children who are actually going to be served. And there is no question, as CSS presented in its briefs before the Supreme Court, that there is a reduced likelihood there's a reduced availability of foster care families, that there are children in group homes right now at this moment in Philadelphia who could be placed with CSS foster care families, but the city refuses to allow CSS to participate. It's, it's, it's simply unbelievable and reprehensible. And here's where the professors come in. You've heard of lies, damned lies, and statistics. 
This is it on, on steroids. One of the most obvious principles of economics and game theory and a whole bunch of other fields is the idea that if you reduce the number of suppliers, you're going to reduce supply. And when you reduce supply, the demand for the item goes up. You have 15 factories producing widgets and one of the factories blows up. Now, that's a bonanza for the other factories because not only can they increase production, but they're going to be able to charge slightly more for each widget that they produce because now there's less competition in the market and there's the same number of people asking uh, or demanding that particular product. So it's, like I said, it's a bonanza for them. Everybody understands this very simple principle unless you're a professor anxious to promote the LGBTQ agenda. Then not only do you take this morally reprehensible position that people, people observing the same religious precepts they had 500 years ago are all of a sudden immoral because you've changed the standard of what moral is. Where now, instead of it being moral to say, avoid homosexuality, you have to endorse it and you have to endorse same-sex couples. So you've completely upended what it is to be moral in America. Okay, that's number one. But number two, it's we're going to ignore what economics has to say. We're going to ignore what everybody understands obviously to be true, which is that if you are reducing the number of suppliers, you're going to reduce the supply. And they bring out all these statistics and all these numbers, but you see that they had managed to place the same number of kids in foster care. We don't know what the circumstances were. They bring out ir irrelevant numbers, totally irrelevant numbers, like the length of time a child spends in foster care. I mean, that's, that's a stupidity. What has that to do with anything? The point is that if you have a certain number of suppliers, the fact that you all of a sudden this year you got more kids placed than last year, there can be a lot of factors involved there. And yes, of course, there will be other agencies that deal with a short-term uh, spike in demand by very gladly you know, doing extra efforts, whatever it might be, to actually serve. But the bottom line is that over the long term, you reduce the number of suppliers, you reduce the supply. There is no question at all that CSS in Philadelphia right now is provide, has parents willing to provide foster care homes to children, and those children are not being placed right now. There's no sophistry in which you can engage, no screen and smoke screen and obfuscation in which you can engage that reduces the fact that there are 250 kids waiting to be placed right now, that there are parents willing to take them in, and the city refuses to allow that to happen because they've placed the LGBTQ agenda ahead of serving kids. And you can look at my Twitter feed and watch the professors bend over themselves and there's this number and there's that statistic and there's that study and all of which is a stupid game because at the end of the day, this, the numbers still speak for themselves and they're just trying to avoid addressing the statement made before the court in the arguments that respondents have no answer for the 250 children they admitted need to be moved out of institutions but who won't be placed in the empty homes CSS can provide today. There's no numbers, there's no statistics, there's no game you can play that covers 
for that very simple fact. They're interested in finding numbers that they can massage to produce data that seems to say that, oh, okay, the system continues to work. But the bottom line is there are 250 kids in Philadelphia waiting to be placed right now. And the reason they are not being placed is because of this ridiculous LGBTQ agenda that places the agenda ahead of human rights, ahead of humanitarian concern for children, because those children could go into homes right now. The idea that they consider this a better option for society is yet more proof that here we are living on an inverted planet. Inverted Planet is generously sponsored by the Stitzer family in the memory of Carl and Rita Stitzer. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure you've subscribed. This podcast is available on all major platforms and all popular Android and iPhone podcast apps. And be sure to spread the word by giving us a five-star rating and telling your friends about the Inverted Planet podcast. Thanks for listening.